0: You are listening to the Conscious Pharmacist podcast and Advantage Healthcare Services Mental Health Matters series. A show highlighting the vision and mission of Advantage Healthcare Services, creating innovative, integrative solutions for a healthier California and healthier communities. Now here's your host, author, speaker, patient advocate, director of clinical pharmacy at Advantage Healthcare Services and your conscious pharmacist, Michelle Sherman.
1: This is Michelle Sherman, Director of Clinical Pharmacy for Advantage Healthcare Services and the host of the Conscious Pharmacist podcast. Welcome to our Mental Health Matters series with Advantage Healthcare Services. I am thrilled today to have my friends and my colleagues on the show with me. Our CEO, Neville Javiri, and one of the co-founders and visionaries, Vimal Banvadia. Welcome to the show today.
2: Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for having us, Michelle.
1: Absolutely. I'm so excited to get this series started. And, you know, one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys is, how how did it all start? Where did we come from at Advantage and how did we get to where we are today, where Advantage Healthcare Services is a beacon of light for mental health care across the state of California?
2: Sometimes I wonder the same thing, Michelle, but I think, you know, uh, you could trace it back to the work we were doing in uh, the San Gabriel Valley. It gave us quite a bit of exposure to uh, patients that uh, were impacted with behavioral health issues. And we started realizing that, uh, you know, uh, the patients required quite a bit more than other patients that we were managing with, you know, let's call it other chronic disease states. And, um, and it really started to take form when we launched a pilot with the uh, parole department um, in which we created an integrated care model. And ever since then, you know, we've really just been fully kind of immersed in supporting patients across the state with uh, behavioral health issues. So, you know, it really started um, with some limited exposure and, and working with patients, understanding what those patients need, um, and then the team really expressing that, this was an area that was very important to them. And then being able to pilot it across multiple different platforms across
1: the state. And Neville, uh, you, you know, for you, what, what, what was the, the trigger for you as, as CEO of Advantage to go the, in the direction of um, behavioral health and where did you see the need?
3: Great question. So, yeah, I think it was um, it was sparked by an email that was sent by Vimo to our leadership team um, after the 2017 uh, Vegas shooting where uh, a man opened fire at a music festival, killing over 60 people. Um, uh, After that happened, Vimo sent out an email to our entire leadership team, you know, uh, talking about what changes we can make, what differences we can make in our communities to help this population um, to prevent, you know, something like this type of tragedy happening ever again, and so I think that that's what opened our eyes. It opened our company into pursuing that as one of our passions and and, and projects to kind of delve ourselves into and and kind of create solutions that can help um, this population. So since then, we've kind of jumped in, um, and 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 here we are today. So.
1: You you know, the, the AHCS ethos of care and compassion and the commitment to the communities that we serve and to the partners that we have, you know, comes from, you know, top leadership down. And I know as, you know, part of the team, it is felt by all our team members, all our staff through the, you know, the pharmacists, the technicians, the clerks, our drivers and everybody, you know, throughout the company, we all share the same commitment. It's the company culture that's been created at Advantage. What does that mean to you both as founders of the company?
2: I, I think it's really heartwarming to see that this has become a calling card for our organization. Um, but what I will say is you know, knowing our team as intimately as I do, um we're guided with, you know some pretty basic principles. You know, one is we want patients to get better. Two is that we want patients no matter what you know their socioeconomic background or status to feel like they're treated as equals. Um, three is that we want to really support the communities that we serve. and four is that we want to truly kind of serve with compassion and love. And I think you know, to serve the patients that we serve and see some of the issues that we see, whether it's, you know, with um, the homeless populations we serve or the transient populations, the forensic populations, or, you know, families that are dealing with, uh, you know, newly diagnosed uh, behavioral health issues. Um, it takes a lot of patience and compassion. And we have so many team members. I mean, we are so blessed, Neville and I, um, and, 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 and the whole leadership team to, to lead a team full of people that are committed, truly committed, and I think that, um, you know, it, it goes a long way. And without the team's willingness, we couldn't accomplish, you know, what what we have in terms of serving people with, you know, mental health challenges. Um, so I think that's kind of foundationally how and why. And I think, you know, ultimately from a leadership perspective, it matters to us. I mean, our kids go to school in these communities. You know, when you see what's happening, it's, you know... Um, something that everyone is dealing with across the entirety of the state in every pocket in every city. And if, you know, we can really impact that we want to be able to do that.
1: No, you, you know, you, you, you nailed it, you know, as, as part of the team and as director of clinical pharmacy, I, I see the what our team gives every day to Taking care of our patients, who you know, as you mentioned, are, are very, very challenging. And I think when there's a company culture where there is this love and compassion at the basis of everything, we can really the the, the results are synergistic. It's like one plus one equals six. When the whole team is on board, the the results are. You know, magnificent that we can get out of, you know, the work we do. And I see that every day, you know, with you guys and the rest of the leadership team and, you know, everybody that I work with across all the practices. You know,
2: can I share a short also, story, Michelle? Of course. So when, um, you know, the pandemic first started, uh, we were asked to support, um the Dockweiler beach uh, project room key uh, location. And uh, if anyone's ever been there, you realize that in the evening, it's not well lit. And I remember the delivery drivers calling me at 11, 12 at night, going RV to RV, looking for people. Um, And then, you know, and, and, and people willing to give up their time on weekends and nights to make sure that we can support knowing that, you know, we can actually impact someone's stability in a time of such uncertainty. And, you know, the the drivers, you know, make what drivers make, but for them to go that extra mile, pick up the phone, call, and whether it was a pharmacist or then then CEO or the then director of operations to to get involved and to get the nurses involved, to get everyone involved, to, to find one patient, It really kind of defines to me what it takes a village means, you know, because that many resources were spent to serve one patient. And it's hard to make that financially viable, you know, so you can't do calculus every time you serve a patient. It has to be kind of part of your ethos, quote unquote. And I think that, you know, that was that really exemplified to me the lengths at which our team goes to serve a patient. Um, and the length at which our team goes to integrate themselves into communities and community projects and partnerships and things of that nature.
1: You know, that, that um, COVID example you gave with Dockweiler Beach, is, is, it, it, it was extraordinary. You know, since we talking a little bit about the, the the pandemic, you know, one of the things that stood out to me the most was how you, pivoted and adapted before any other organization to create policies and procedures to make sure that none of our patients went without their meds and none of our staff were put at risk for for getting COVID-19. And working with that Dockweiler Beach project was a defining moment for me. You know, safe and locked in my house, in front of my computer, in front of Zoom with the phone and everything. And being able to just, you know, participate in taking care of the most vulnerable in our communities in an effort to try to prevent them from getting this disease that at that point in March, April of 2020, none of us knew what was going on. And for myself to be part of it and the rest of the pharmacists and the team, you know, just volunteering and being part of that, it, it, it was a defining moment for me to be part of this, um, you know, team at advantage.
3: Yeah. I think um, Michelle, to piggyback off what you're saying, I mean, I think as an organization, we made a commitment to continue to serve our patients despite the challenges and the impasses that we were going to face during this time of uncertainty. Um, and our team um, did a great job. You know, they went above and beyond um, we created new protocols to keep you know our our employees safe and our patients safe. Um, but the goal was to keep patients in care and and not have them fall out of care and decompensate. And so I think when we put the the goal and and work backwards, um, and we have great community partners that we work with to kind of establish different types of solutions that can work, you know in various different scenarios so, um, you know, we're, we're really blessed to have the team that we have and the partners that we have to kind of solve and, and create these, you know, pretty integrated solutions for and, and continue to be able to serve our patients.
1: You know, and we, we work with um, behavioral health partners across the state that uh, service different types of patients. And, you know, the vision that you created is not a cookie cutter, one size fits all solutions. The solutions you have developed create and solve not only patient solutions, but partner solutions so that our partners are better able to take care of their patients. Um, You know, we address all the challenges in all these specific populations, and we are able to solve for those. How, How do you navigate all these different solutions and, you know, the pivoting to create these, you know, not to create a solution that's not one size fits all?
3: So we've pretty much taken a, a consulting approach to every project we take on and we kind of work from uh, the solution backwards and and seeing what pieces need to come into play and, and, and into alignment in order for that solution to happen. And um, through that, we've been able to create tailored solutions that, you know, address very specific and very unique nuances or impasses that, um, you know, affect very unique populations. And so I think when, you know, you're working with organizations that have a similar mindset, that care about patients, that want to see outcomes, you know, uh, it takes a village, but when everybody's rowing in the same direction, things, things can happen. You know, the impossible becomes possible.
1: You, you know, what's so extraordinary is like we have this fragmented healthcare system and, you know, mental health, when you look at this broken healthcare system and you look across like all comorbidities, mental health is a factor in all of these. So whole person care is, an is, is essential for caring for all individuals. We can't, you know micro-fragment each comorbidity that we deal with. We have to look, you know, at at whole-person care. And, you know, what I find extraordinary is that Advantage has created a micro-model within our organization of whole-person care where we incorporate core pharmacy services, clinical pharmacy programs, data analytics, and social work activities that really change patients' lives, that we are able to create solutions to help individuals that can't support themselves, who are at risk, who are very vulnerable, and a group of individuals whose society as a whole overlooks and discards. How did we arrive at this point?
2: You know, I I think um, the best way to describe it is conversation. You know, one of the things that I think everyone should be mindful of is how much stress caregivers, social workers, pharmacists, physicians, um, nurses, anyone that's serving people in the behavioral health space are under. You know, we've talked to so many people across the state where they're just trying to stay afloat and therefore they're not able... To do the extra activities that the patient needs, whether it's because of a funding source or whether it's because you know their caseload increase. So, in having conversations with social workers across so many different, um, you know, so many different kind of platforms and physicians and and uh, nurses and you know and, and 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 the entire spectrum, we started to learn that easing caregiver burden is important. Without easing caregiver burden, people won't be able to help support their entire kind of patient panel. And oftentimes, a certain cohort of patients occupy majority of the bandwidth. So knowing that that was the quintessential problem, it became very important for us to um take all the resources we had, whether that was analytics, consulting, having social workers that work with us, having nurses that work with us, and deploy them systematically to create a way to bridge all the holes in, let's say, a macro continuum, and thereby creating a micro continuum. But the goal of creating a micro continuum was to meet the patient at the point of care, And do it in a way in which we reduce caregiver burden. Because as much as the patients need, a lot of people that are supporting patients in this population, they need the same support. They need to know that they have individuals that are committed and will go the extra mile. And collectively, you can serve a patient. It's really, you know, quite impossible right now for anyone in this space to manage the volumes of patients that they're seeing. And and so that's how we, we we got here. And I think that continuum is evolving as we work with forensic patients, as we work with homeless patients, work with new projects, to work with hospitals, as we work with community providers, it's evolving. And what we understand, and going back to your last question, It can never be one size fits all, you know, the patient that doesn't have a family structure requires different care and support and love and, and motivation. And a patient that has to choose between getting a medication and feeding themselves, you know, that requires a different touch. And, you know, uh, a social worker whose panel went from 150 to 300 overnight requires a different touch. So it's incumbent on us to help use the resources we have. And I think as things become less fragmented and you're able to kind of merge these activities together and there's better communication in kind of a structured format, you're going to start seeing great results. And I think that's why you're even having this conversation across many stakeholders, this Mental Health Matters series. Because I think it's time for us to all talk to each other. We've all had these conversations with people for the last I don't know, umpteen years. But it's time for all of us to talk so that we can all work together towards a solve.
1: No, e- exactly. Neville, did you want to add anything?
2: Yeah, I think um
3: We've tried to utilize technology um, and leverage analytics to help um, with population management solutions um, where we kind of utilize exception management alerts to identify at-risk patients. And so um, we went with the nail on the head. I mean, reducing caregiver burden, our, our, our system is stressed and overworked and um, case loads are getting, um, more and resources are becoming less right so we've got to become more efficient with the resources that we have and so we as an organization have put a lot of emphasis and and focus in technology to help us um facilitate you know the 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 goals of different organizations that we serve um, whether it be you know to identify patients that are going to potentially fall out of care that are due for their injections, that, you know, any follow-up visits that, you know, whatever the case may be, is unique to each organization. So I think that we're able to bring a different perspective and a different type of solution to this industry that perhaps hasn't been utilized as much as it possibly could have before. And, um, you know, working with the organizations and understanding what their goals are and, and working backwards and, and kind of defining tolerances for what's an exception and what's within tolerance has helped us uh, reduce caregiver burden because they have visibility to um, you know the patients or the cohorts that require attention proactively
2: and, and be able to intervene before they decompensate. And, and Michelle, none of this would be possible without working with some of the best providers that we've ever come across, you know, the compassion and their willingness to go the extra mile for their patients is, um, it's pretty special. Um, you know, yeah, and being it's... in a state like, sorry, Michelle.
1: No, go ahead. Sorry.
2: Oh, no, I was saying being in a state like California, you know, where you're, you know, certain challenges that we have, the challenges of, California's day are almost federal challenges, right? Because, you know, the homeless population in California isn't 100% Californian. You know, there's a lot of migration in, right? So when you're dealing with these issues, you know, uh, you have to take a different lens and try to, you know, support all these novel solutions that the state is supporting um, as best you can, you know, with the resources you have.
1: No, absolutely. And, you know, just to add on to what you you, you both said already, you know, I'm very proud of like the clinical solutions we've added on to all this where, you know, the behavioral health is the springboard, but our clinical team takes into account everything that's going on with the patient. So not only are we able to help our clinical partners by giving them a full picture of what's going on with the patients, maybe with their hypertension, their high cholesterol, and maybe some other issues that are going on with the patient, but also managing drug-drug interactions and side effects and trying to make the outcome for the patient more satisfactory so they can stay on their behavioral health meds and, you know, attempt to get as you know, optimal health as as they can. The other thing from the patient perspective that we've noticed with some of these clinical activities is the patients love engaging with our pharmacists and with our students and just to be heard and to be able to talk about some of the challenges they might be having with some of their meds, some of the side effects they might be having. So, you know, that patient perspective with some of these services as well as, you know, decreasing, you know, the provider burden are are very, very impactful in in the care that we provide, looking at the whole person care.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I think investing in um, clinical services and clinical pharmacy before, you know, there was a funding mechanism shows that we understand that whole person care is absolutely necessary, you know. And encouraging our team members to operate or function at the top of their license is very important to us as well. You know, we want to continuously push our team in a way that they can impact patient care. So, you know, managing and working at the top of their license is is super important to us. You know, both Neville, um, myself, and anyone that's involved with um, Advantage. Why do we want to limit someone's capabilities and abilities to impact so many lives, right? We want people to be able to, to feel empowered to support a patient's journey to care, journey to journey to wellness. That's exactly
3: what it is. Um, you know, patient education, patient empowerment so that they become, you know, contributing members of society again, self-sufficient. Um, that all happens through these clinical interactions and, um, that knowledge is gained, the questions are asked, and, you know, they're, they're, they're much more involved in their own um, treatment. So,
1: oh, Absolutely. Well, before we end the show, I have one final question that I'll throw out to each of you. You know, why does mental health matter and what is achievable?
3: Mental health, I think, is um, it's a disease state that affects many, many different people in many different forms. And I think the the fact that there's more awareness of it now, the fact that the, there's less stigma around accessing mental health care um, is what we're all striving for, you know, and and. Being able to support patients um, when they feel that they don't have a voice, um, they can't be heard, or there's no options or solutions for them, and and creating solutions for them. You know, I think that we work with very unique populations, um, very vulnerable populations that require unique solutions to be created in order for them to be able to access care. Um, There's, you know, individuals like ourselves that have the ability to access care, but if you go one or two standard deviations from the mean, things change, you know, Um, a a prescription may go to a pharmacy that's in the wrong gang territory territory, and they may not go pick up their meds and these other factors that we don't take into consideration. So um, I think for us, we're going to continue to invest our resources in creating tailored solutions to address these impasses um, for these populations Um, these very vulnerable populations that are um, often without a voice. Um, We look forward to working with different organizations, different partners that have, you know, this type of a vision as well to create solutions. You know, when we put patient outcomes as the forefront of what we're trying to achieve, um, great things can happen and, and solutions can be crafted
2: and, and, you know, great things can happen. Just briefly to add on to what Neville said briefly, um, it directly or indirectly impacts all of us. You know, I don't know anyone in the state that it doesn't directly or indirectly impact um, whether at home, at school, where you work, when you look out the window. Um, and I think the most impactful way to explain why mental health matters will be when Michelle or if Michelle brings on some of the patients that have benefited from some of these programs and these cross collaborations is when you speak to those patients and when you hear from those patients or when we speak to those patients, it tells me why mental health matters. And I'm hoping that she incorporates those patient stories into the series because that's the most inspirational, um, kind of perspective that anyone that's listening to this can uh, can really gain from a series like this so um, I think you'll f- soon find out why mental health matters across so many you know different stakeholders but most importantly the patients
1: well this has been a great episode and I want to thank you both for taking time. Um, to be on the show and I'm looking forward to the upcoming episodes of this entire series, Mental Health Matters. And, you know, to all the listeners out there, Mental Health Matters.
0: Thank you for listening to the Mental Health Matters series on Conscious Pharmacist Podcast. We hope you subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. If you miss something, you can listen again or just read the transcript of the show on our website, AdvantageHealthCareServices.com and M-I-C-H-R-X Consulting.com forward slash podcasts. If you have a spare minute, don't forget to give us a review or ratings on iTunes remember mental health matters and as was said in a proverb just when a caterpillar thought the world was ending he turned into a butterfly the conscious pharmacist podcast is a production of Mish RX pharmacist consulting services and Advantage Healthcare services.